Welcome, my friends, welcome to another edition of the Corbett Report. I am your host, James Corbett, podcasting to you, as always, from the sunny climes of western Japan on this 25th day of May, 2008. I'd like to draw my listeners' attention to my website, where you can find the documentation backing up each and every statement made in today's episode. For the documentation list, simply click on today's episode and then click under Documentation, and you'll find a list sorted by time index of links to all of the information in today's episode. Also, in addition to checking out our weekly YouTube documentary, which is available on our YouTube channel, I'd like to draw my listeners' attention to the Interviews section of my website, where you can find the full interviews that we've done with many of our special guests, including, of course, last week's infamous confrontation with Dr. Barry Cooper of the University of Calgary and the Bohemian Club of San Francisco, as well as interviews with Daniel Taylor of OldThinkerNews.com, Nico, the geopolitical analyst for GeopoliticalMonitor.com, Richard Gage, the founder of Architects and Engineers for 9-11 Truth, Connie Fogel, the leader of the Canadian Action Party, Paul Grignon, the creator of the film Money as Debt, and many other fascinating interviews. Finally, I'd like to remind my listeners that the InfoWars Money Bomb will be taking place this Saturday, May 31st. And again, I'd like to encourage my listeners to donate generously to the InfoWars Money Bomb. More information on that can be gathered by going to the InfoWarsMoneyBomb.com site. And again, there's a link to that in the documentation list for today's episode. And now, without further ado, let's get to today's real news. Today's first story comes from WorldNetDaily.com, May 19, 2008. 31,000 scientists reject global warming agenda. More than 31,000 scientists across the U.S., including more than 9,000 PhDs in fields such as atmospheric science, climatology, earth science, environment, and dozens of other specialties, have signed a petition rejecting global warming, the assumption that the human production of greenhouse gases is damaging Earth's climate. There is no convincing scientific evidence that human release of carbon dioxide, methane, or other greenhouse gases is causing, or will in the foreseeable future cause, catastrophic heating of the Earth's atmosphere and destruction of the Earth's climate, the petition states. Moreover, there is substantial scientific evidence that increases in atmospheric carbon dioxide produce many beneficial effects upon the natural plant and animal environments of the Earth. Our second story comes from telegraph.co.uk. Fat people blamed for global warming. 17th of May 2008. As if they didn't already have enough problems on their hands, fat people are now being blamed for global warming. British scientists say they use up more fuel to transport them around, and the amount of food they eat requires more energy to produce than that consumed by those on smaller diets. According to a team at the London School of Hygiene and Tropical Medicine, this adds to food shortages and higher energy prices. Researcher Phil Edwards said, We are all becoming heavier, and it is a global responsibility. Obesity is a key part of the big picture. Our final story comes from PrisonPlanet.com, May 21, 2008. Ventura fears we did 9-11 to ourselves. Former Governor Jesse Ventura went further in his 9-11 skepticism than ever before today when he told the Howard Stern Show of his fear that elements of the U.S. government carried out the attack, stating, I hate to fear that we possibly did it to ourselves. There's a lot of very difficult questions that have not been answered, and no one seems to want to provide any answers, Ventura told Stern, adding that the most prescient was that a third building could fall into its own footprint five hours later, having not been struck by much of anything. The 9-11 Commission didn't even address the issue. Ventura explained that he worked in demolitions when he was in the Navy, and questioned how the buildings could fall at the rate of gravity. This is crazy, exclaimed Stern, without explaining why Ventura's citation of basic physics had Stern and his team so baffled. 
These two buildings were white elephants. They were losing money. They had asbestos in them, and they were being required by law to do over a billion dollars worth of asbestos removal, said Ventura, pointing out that WTC leaseholder Larry Silverstein made $7 billion from his insurance claims after the attacks. Will you deny that the Rothschild family and the Rockefeller family owns much of the stock of the Federal Reserve Bank, sir? Okay. Mr. Greenspan, what is the relationship with the Federal Reserve Bank and the Bank of International Settlements in Switzerland, sir? What's that relationship, sir? You have publicly admitted, sir, that the Federal Reserve caused the Great Depression. Can you guarantee the American people that they will not uh, cause another Great Depression here, sir? American people like to know the answer, sir. Have a good day, Mr. Greenspan. Yeah, oh, you mean when you when you when you fight back at your enemy? Fight back. So when did I land? I ran to attack us. We were we were we were we were attacked by Islamo fascists on 9/11, which is a declaration of war. There have been many uh, such acts before that we did not choose to treat by by the Islamo fascists. Are they in the UN? Are they a group? Iranian? Of course they are. You're Iranian? No, the Iran. Look, you know. Why don't we bother Saudi Arabia? Look, look, if you want. If you want. If you want. And if Bush is going to be a great leader, All right. Why don't you shut up? Why don't you shut up? Um, you recently uh, wrote a letter to the president of Iran in which yes, uh, you recently wrote a letter to the president of Iran in which um, you urged him to study the Gulf of Tonkin incident, which we now know was a staged event used to justify war with Vietnam. And you also raised the question: Does America provoke provocations, sir? Was this not an out? When did I do that? Uh, I have the letter right here, sir. If you want to read it, I have it on me right here. Um, um, sir, I mean, that's mainstream media. It's been published in many publications. Do you deny writing that letter, sir? Deny anything. I haven't seen the letter. <laughs> you said, I, I can read it to you right that's now. Okay. Um, okay. You said, um, presuming that you are not actually ignorant enough to desire war with the United States, <laughs> you might, you might be well advised to read the history of the sinking of the USS Maine in Havana Harbor in 1898 and the history of the Gulf of, Gulf oh, of Tonkin. Yes. I'm sorry, that was a blog on Huffington Post. I did yes. not literally write a letter. It was a mock letter. Sorry. Okay, but well, go ahead. Uh, sir, was this not an outright threat failed in doublespeak that no. the United States could stage an event to go to war with Iran? No. No? Then what? Well, what I was tongue-in-cheek saying was that we have an administration in Washington that is dying for a reason to bomb Iran. And so in a mock blog letter to the Iranian government, not the president, but the Iranian government, I just simply said, if, unless you people want to be bombed, you better be careful about cross-border incursions. And I think I explicitly said, keep the Republican Guard or the Revolutionary Guard or whatever it's called away from the Iraqi border I was trying to communicate to the American people what our own government was trying to plan, and that was to find a reason for bombing Iran. And I was simply saying, in effect, to the American people through this mock letter, um, be very careful about this administration creating a uh, USS Maine incident or a Gulf of Tonkin incident that would justify bombing Iran. That's all. We were very nice to Arnold Schwarzenegger in the beginning, but since he never wanted to answer any of our questions, we decided to step it up a notch. Arnold, you still got your Nazi belt on? You got the SS belt on? Why don't you answer questions about your friend uh, Waldheim, who's a known Nazi war criminal? What'd you do at the Bohemian Grove, sir? What'd you do at the Bohemian Grove? You came? You came to the, to the Bohemian Grove. Yes, you well, did. I, I, I lived because of you. I just threw you out of oh, the yeah, inside, right. so you get out of here before you get
Do you have an SS belt on again? What about your father who was an SS officer? Your stepfather was an SS officer. You said in your book you loved Hitler. You did. It's a comment. Otto, we see what the comments just in the show on 9-11. Coming out saying that the films were imploded. Hi, yes, uh, my name's Annie Mashon. You may be aware through the David Chain case that I used to be an intelligence officer in MI5. Um, I was just wondering, uh, obviously in the mid-1990s there was a section in SIS called IOPS, which was designed to place fake stories in the media and manipulate the coverage of stories in the media on behalf of the SIS. I was just wondering, is there still such a section by that or any other? I'm not going to answer a specific question. And do you think that would be appropriate in the democracy? I'm not going to answer specific questions. <laughs> Why not? Answer the question! I would like to know why you seem very positive about the creation of a National Security Council um, and specifically what problem is this designed to fix? Well, I'm not sure. I, I, I mean, I'm just re... I, I, to be honest... Did you the Sorry? Did you the Oh, yes, I have been to Bilderberg. But so what? What is Bilderberg, uh, Sir Richard? Um, it, it, it's a it's a conference. It's a gathering in which people discuss issues rather like this. Um, <coughs> but it, it, it happens not to be held in public. But that's all. Um, Excuse me, Newt. Can I just ask you a couple of questions? Okay. Uh, do you know a Colonel Bob Bowman? He was the head of Star Wars program under Reagan administration. Okay. Also, uh, two-star general Albert Stubblebine, who was yep. head of Army Intelligence. Yep. There's actually over 100 senior military people now that have come out and said that 9-11 was an inside job. Can I get your comment? They're insane. There are all of these high-level military officials. I actually had a conversation with Colonel Bowman, and actually the, the former deputy attorney general of the state of Pennsylvania, Philip Berg, I actually had a conversation right. with him, too. Anybody who believes that 9-11 was not an enemy attack is insane. Really? Yes. Okay. Can you also explain your participation at the Bohemian Grove, sir? I'm not there. I'm here. Okay. Welcome to episode 43 of the Corbett Report. We are changing the world. What you've just been listening to is a representative sample of some of the incredible work that We Are Change has been doing over the last couple of years. Regular listeners to the Corbett Report will already be aware of We Are Change as an organization. But for those who are hearing about We Are Change for the first time, perhaps the simplest way to describe We Are Change is as a citizen-based activist group engaged in citizen journalism, public awareness campaigns, political lobbying, and charity work. You've just been listening to a representative sample of some of their incredible actions, including confronting Alan Greenspan about the Federal Reserve, confronting neocon Norman Potteretz about his part in the famous Project for a New American Century, which has just recently been taken down off of the web so that you can no longer access the original source for the Rebuilding America's Defenses infamous document, which we've talked about in previous episodes. But again, please go to my documentation list for a new link to that from a different source. We also heard We Are Change confronting Arnold Schwarzenegger, Richard Dearlove, and Newt Gingrich. Again, links to all of those videos are available from my documentation list at corbettreport.com. This week I've had the honor of speaking to representatives from We Are Change New York, we Are Change UK, and We Are Change LA, three of the numerous We Are Change chapters that are located around the world. The simplest way to start finding out information about We Are Change is to go to their homepage, wearechange.org, which features links to all of the individual We Are Change chapters. In today's episode, I'd like to feature some highlights from some of my conversations with those We Are Change chapters which I spoke to this week. First, I'd like to feature an excerpt from the interview that I conducted with Andy Baker of We Are Change UK. We Are Change UK has been involved in some incredible activism. Some of the highlights of what they've managed to accomplish can be garnered from that confrontation with Sir Richard Dearlove, the ex-head of MI6, which we heard in that earlier montage of We Are Change clips. 
Another of their incredible actions was documented in a film on YouTube about the Serious Organized Crime and Police Act of 2005. The SOCPA, S-O-C-P-A, specifically restricted the right to free speech within an exclusion zone of up to one kilometer from any point in Parliament Square. This ridiculous, oppressive, tyrannical legislation actually makes it illegal to even hold a sign in front of the Parliament buildings in the UK without receiving permission to demonstrate from the Commissioner of the Metropolitan Police six days in advance. Simon, one of the members from We Are Change UK, made the point of just how tyrannical this legislation is by going to the SOCPA zone in London with a sign that simply read, Our armed forces cannot create real peace in the Middle East. For that, he was arrested. Again, footage of that can be seen on YouTube, and please go to my homepage for the link. We Are Change UK has been prolific and involved in lots of other types of activism as well, including an extremely effective underground poster about 9-11 truth, among other issues, hosting a radio program on a metropolitan London FM station, and being involved with the production of The Elephant in the Room, an exciting documentary about the 9-11 truth movement, which has just won the best UK documentary in the London Independent Film Festival. The Richard Dearlove confrontation was quite remarkable for the way in which Richard Dearlove became almost speechless when confronted by a hostile audience. That clip which we listened to earlier shows just what an effect these types of citizen-based activist groups can have on the people in power who we are taught to believe are unassailable and unapproachable by normal, everyday citizens. To further demonstrate just how effective this citizen-based activism can be, We Are Change UK once again caught up with Richard Dearlove just a few weeks ago outside Chatham House in London. Chatham House, of course, is the infamous headquarters of the Royal Institute of International Affairs, which I encourage my readers to learn more about. But when protesting outside of Chatham House, We Are Change UK managed to catch up on Richard Dearlove, who was trying to sneak out of a side exit. Let's listen to a little excerpt from their conversation with Richard Dearlove this second time that they confronted him. How are you tonight? I'm innocent. Are you aware that we've named you? Suspect in a war crimes investigation into offences relating to the invasion of Iraq and that these offences include a crime against peace, which is automatically forms part of domestic law, international customary law, not only a crime against peace... Have you got any comment on that, Sir Richard? Conduct ancillary to a crime... Have you got any comment on that, the police are investigating you for war crimes? Conduct ancillary to genocide... Any comment, Sir Richard? ...and murder for the deaths of over a million Iraqis. Really but all we want to do is talk to you about it. We're not here to like assault you or be aggressive. So we just want to have a statement from you. And please explain why you did not resign from your post when you knew that the facts and intelligence were being fixed around the policy of regime change in Iraq, which was released in the minutes. Why didn't you resign, Sir Richard? Why didn't you just... I would call this harassment, so if you could just leave me alone, it would be much... It's not harassment, It's not harassment, sir. sir Richard. I think killing, killing millions of Iraqis is, is a bigger harassment. All down to you. Well, not all down to you. But very much down to you. The facts are sir, fixed Richard, around the policy. Is that slander, Sir Richard, if we say you're a war criminal? Sir Richard... Why, sir, when you found out following your trip to Washington in 2002, did you not resign from your post when you realised that the Americans were set on a war of aggression no matter what, and that they were going to fix the facts and the intelligence around the policy? Why did you choose to stay in your position as director of MI6? Why did you not resign at that moment, sir, when you knew that it was a false war, it was an illegal war? What about the millions of dead Iraqis, sir Richard? How do you sleep at night? How do you sleep at night? Every human life is as valuable as another. Every child, every child is precious. 
In fact, I think we should citizens arrest you, sir. Citizens arrest you. 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 Citizens arr
I mean, there was a bloke who was following him behind, he sort of just pulled me off him fairly quickly. Um, the, the, the funniest one was, I think, more at the beginning when I walked up to him and said, how are you today? And, and the first words he said was, I'm innocent. <laughs> I didn't catch that, actually. You know, if you, if you see when we first walk up to him, he's how are you? He goes, oh, I'm innocent. <laughs> yeah, that doesn't sound like a guilty conscience at all. Uh, well, no, it is an incredibly empowering uh, story to be watching things like that and seeing how citizens can take things into their own hands. And uh, I think another one of the extremely um, poignant videos that We Are Change UK has put out was on the uh, SOPCA code, the S-O-P-C-A. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about that law and how you guys protested the SOPCA in front of the Parliament building? The, the SOPCA legislation, yeah, I mean, that SOPCA legislation came in in sort of 2005 and... <coughs> There's actually there's a there's a couple of peace activists who've actually gone to jail already for for breaking it. I think on the on the day it came out, a couple of people went down to Whitehall and just read out the names of the dead dead soldiers in Iraq. And for doing that, they got they got um, done under the legislation. And obviously, you go to court, and then they sort of fine you, and then you've obviously got to pay a fine. But if you don't pay a fine, then then you go to jail. Um, People are sort of demonstrating against this. They're trying, to, they're trying to harmonise this legislation across the country. Um, so it's something that does need to be tried to, to be stopped. But I don't think this all going to be happening too soon. I mean, Simon's had his court case. Um, once he got found guilty, he has been fined, but he's not going to be paying his fine. So we're still going to hear the end of that story, really. So you will be continuing the fight, then? Hmm. Excellent. Uh, tell us a little bit about Brian Haw and uh, your involvement with his uh, beating. Yeah, I mean, we just say that one time. I mean, Brian's been there, what, seven-odd years now. Um, and, I mean, he must have... He gets a, he gets a terribly hard time from the police. Um, the, the one time we saw him was... Basically, within the soccer zone, you need to you need to apply for permission to demonstrate. Now, there's a, once every month there's a, a freedom to assembly demonstration where nobody applies. And the first time they held this one, they sort of caught the police off guard a bit because a hundred odd people turned up, and there was only about twenty cops. So they sort of had to let the, the demonstration go on. But then. We walked all, all the way through, through the area, which includes sort of Downing Street, Scotland Yard, um, MI5, all, all those kind of places. And then when we got back to Parliament, quite a few of the students decided they wanted to sort of block, block the traffic. So they did that for a while, and all the police just dragged everyone out of the street. And then we went back up to Downing Street, and people sort of did that again. Now, Brian Hall wasn't actually on that march with us, but he... Um, he came down to film it, and there's a group of the police called the TSG, I think it's a tactical support group. They're basically the heavies, um, a lot of them are sort of ex-military and what have you, and he was filming, and one of these TSG characters just ran up and smashed his camera into his face, um, and then they arrested him for foul and abusive language or something ridiculous like that. Incredible tyranny, and, and were you there to witness that? Did you see that event happen? I mean, I didn't see it personally, but I saw the, the big cut in his eye and sort of saw the officer who did it. I think there was film taken of it, but I think that's, that's in the course at the moment, but I'm not, not entirely sure. But a lot of people who did see it said it was, it was very sort of blatant. Please go to CorbettReport.com for the full interview with Andy Baker. And again, please check out wearechange.org.uk to find out about some of We Are Change UK's other incredible actions. Now let's turn our attention to North America, where We Are Change LA has also been doing some incredible activist work. They've been involved in various confrontations, as well as freeway blogging and other types of information awareness campaigns. But one of their best-known info bombs was a response that they made to Bill Maher's infamous New Rules segment where he declared 9-11 conspiracy theorists crazy. The We Are Change LA crew managed to produce a rather slickly edited response to Bill Maher, giving him a taste of his own medicine in a humorous manner. 
The video soon became viral on YouTube and has so far racked up almost 300,000 views. Let's listen to the audio of that video, keeping in mind that there are some visual gags which provoke laughter, which obviously do not come through in the audio. Terrific, and now it's time for new rules, everybody! New rule, crazy people who still think the government brought down the Twin Towers in a controlled explosion have to stop pretending that I'm the one who's being naive. How big a lunatic do you have to be to watch two giant airliners packed with jet fuel slam into buildings on live TV, igniting a massive inferno that burned for two hours, and then think, well, if you believe that was the cause. <laughs> stop asking me to raise this ridiculous topic on the show and start asking your doctor if Paxil is right for you. Crazy people are defined by acting crazy. 9-11 truthers are defined by a patriotic quest for the truth. And guess what, Bill? We're not going anywhere. Buildings do not collapse into the path of most resistance at anything close to freefall speed. Go back to kindergarten and play with blocks until you figure that out. Sarcastic remarks are no substitute for knowing what you're talking about. Consulting with fellow HBO comedian Borat over Slurpees? No substitute for doing actual research. New rule. Two airplanes can't slam into two buildings and knock down three. What about building seven? They wanted to go to war with Afghanistan and Iraq. They got it. They wanted to make billions of dollars for their corporate friends. They got it. They wanted to sell us on the war. They got it. They wanted to increase executive power. They got it. They wanted you to parrot the official story. They got it. Didn't they manage to accomplish all of this? Absolutely they did. Then how can anybody argue that they are too incompetent? It doesn't look like incompetence to me, Bill. It looks to me like mission accomplished. In the hopeful event that you rise to the occasion and take the red pill as opposed to more Zoloft, get back to us because we won't hold a grudge. That would be crazy. Some very humorous material to be sure. But on a more serious note, we Are Change LA has also been involved in a rather infamous confrontation with David Frum, one of the neocons, and the man supposedly behind the phrase, Axis of Evil. We Are Change LA has confronted Frum on two separate occasions, and the second occasion managed to garner national headlines for the fact that David Frum in fact physically assaulted We Are Change LA crew member Stuart Howe on camera for simply asking questions about the 9-11 cover-up. This information comes from a jonesreport.com article from April 29, 2008, which reads in part, quote, A member of We Are Change LA was assaulted and cursed at by former White House speechwriter David Frum during a book signing, according to reports. Frum, a neocon policymaker who is often credited with coining the phrase axis of evil, allegedly lost his temper when he recognized Stuart Howe of We Are Change LA from a previous book signing. Howe approached Frum to ask a question when Frum became angry and then violent, reports indicate. End quote. Well, don't trust any media article, whether mainstream or alternative. Trust the video itself. Let's listen to a clip of that audio of Stuart Howe's confrontation with David Frum. Ah, the man, the myth, the legend, I, I, Mr. I think, David Frum. Yeah, no, the one thing I regret about our last conversation is I didn't say to you what my friend Christopher Hitchens did. Okay, yeah, let, let's hear it. I'm sure which it's... Is, which is... Uh, or may, which a is, specific medication so, comment, no, perhaps? Which is, which is, you should fuck off. Really. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. Well, um, I guess we kind of saw that one coming. But um, 
gosh, got me a little back back on my heels here. Let me pose you the A or B question that I was going to pose to you very civilly. A, do you think that this hoax that is the 9-11 investigation is going to keep on going, or could you perhaps, you know, see that there'll be culpability fears? Turn off the camera. I will not turn off the camera. We're in public. And are you worried perhaps about the criminal liability of being part partner to mass murder after the Go fact? Go away. You know, that is a real concern because the truth is coming Go out. Go away. I have to ask you to leave. I'm being polite. I'm asking him a question. It's my First Amendment right as a citizen. But maybe not in the And he's too context. scared to address the question. Look at him running away. You know, as the truth continues to come out, Mr. Frum, there are going to be criminal charges against all of those who are complicit in mass murder after the fact because of the cover-up. And, you know, that's a really, a very real possibility, and you should be scared. You should be unwilling to address this. You know? Because when it all comes out, there are going to be a lot of people held responsible for the deaths. I mean, you must be a little concerned about that. You know, the House of Cards is falling apart. Sir, I don't believe your credentials the 9 Commission are, report is are required. Thank a joke. you very much. If you want to ask a question, go buy his book. I'm asking a question. There's nobody in line. I'm politely asking questions. The author is signing for those people that have made purchases, and we don't know about the validity of I haven't made a. Well. I have not made a purchase. He's crowding in on the... Okay. Well, there's nobody in line. I actually am with We Are Change LA Media, mm -hmm. and I'm asking a civil, polite question. Mm -hmm. We'd like to know if the 9-11 investigation continues to fall apart mm -hmm. and the facts come out, if he's worried about being held liable as a, a co-conspirator in the cover-up after the fact. I see what you're saying. And it's, it's, a, okay. it's a reasonable question. Yeah, I know. I, I, we, just, we just don't want anyone... Uh, this, uh, obstruction, obstruction. Oh, we're not. There's nobody. You can see. You have a document. There's nobody in line to get books signed. Yes, I understand, yeah, but you're, you're making them feel uncomfortable here. Yeah, well, it's not my intention to be irritating, but it is an irritating question. The situation of the murders in Iraq, the murders on 9-11, were irritating beyond irritating. And Mr. Uh, Brum is a neoconservative. They have spelled out their agenda in the PNAC documents, and he must have to run away rather than face a simple question. Okay. Now it's assaulting not, me, and I'm I have not, it on I film. I don't want to be on your cam camera. Well, you know, What's we're in public. We're in public. I've just been assaulted by David Frum on film. Unfortunately, the David Frum incident is only part of a larger attack pattern that is going on right now against We Are Change. Obviously, any citizen-based activist group which is having such a profound effect on the political landscape as We Are Change is, will be subject to a backlash. And in this case, it's a combined effort from the media and the politicians themselves to not only smear and slander We Are Change, but to actually physically assault them. The first indications of this new attack pattern came back in November of 2007 and can be garnered from this article from PrisonPlanet.com, framing the truth movement as terrorists. Quote, A disturbing trend has emerged amongst establishment news hacks who are raising the same talking point ad infinitum, dubbing the global truth movement as anarchists and violent individuals who may be aiding terrorists and praying for another attack in America so they can blame peaceful activists who are consistently putting the neocons to shame. Over the past weeks and months, talking heads such as Fox News bigot Bill O'Reilly and his frothing caricature Glenn Beck over on CNN have specifically targeted 9-11 truthers in segments designated to portray the movement as dangerous and sow the seed in the minds of what viewers they have left that peaceful truth-seekers are actually in league with violent terrorists. Two weeks ago, Beck aired a response to the We Are Change infiltration of Bill Maher's show in which he stated, These truthers are exactly the kind of people who want to rock the nation's foundation, tear us apart, and plant the seeds of dissatisfaction in all of us. End quote. Now, while this only remained a talking point for some period of time, it started to become quite real when We Are Change New York found themselves in the midst of a physical assault. That comes from Infowars.com. 
April 24th, 2008. We are change activist framed for assaulting handicapped girl. Quote, it was apparently not enough Gary Tellis was attacked and punched by John Lavetro for making the mistake of asking the women of the Bush crime family a question about 9-11 truth and the illegal and immoral Iraq occupation. Now, according to the neocon newspaper, the New York Post, Tallist was arrested after he punched the wheelchair-bound girl whose parents had told him to shut up for heckling, i.e. asking questions of the Bush women. As Jason Burmas noted on the Alex Jones show today, Gary Tellis is nonviolent and not likely to attack or yell obscenities at a girl with cerebral palsy confined to a wheelchair. But this is precisely what the New York Post and a gaggle of neocon blogs and websites claim. End quote. That physical assault was soon followed up by the physical assault of David Frum on Stuart Howe, and unfortunately the attacks continue. We Are Change Ohio, in combination with the We Are Change Kentuckiana, was covering a Oliver North speech to an NRA gathering in Louisville recently, when they asked questions to Oliver North about the continuity of government plans, which were revealed in 1986, and to which Oliver North was a key party. On their way out of the talk, the members of We Are Change were stopped and detained by security guards and police, and all of their cameras, batteries, and memory sticks were confiscated and currently remain with the police. There is no video of this confrontation because it was confiscated, despite the fact that these reporters broke no laws and did nothing wrong. This is even backed up with a controlled corporate media article from the Louisville Courier-Journal. Group questioning Oliver North had video footage seized. May 23, 2008 Quote, members of a group called We Are Change had video footage seized after a scuffle at the National Rifle Association meeting Sunday. Four members of the group, all of whom had media credentials, were asked to leave the Kentucky Exposition Center after asking Oliver North questions after his presentation. Cody Dietz, a member of the group, said he was ordered to turn over memory cards from the equipment they were using or risk being arrested. End quote. Again, outrageous tyranny after outrageous tyranny after assault after smear after slander after libel is currently being perpetrated against We Are Change in a combined effort by politicians and media to denounce the group in the mind of the public. Why is this happening? Well, the obvious answer is because We Are Change is having such a profound effect and managing to get information out to more and more people through viral internet campaigns. I recently had the chance to talk to Stuart Howe of We Are Change LA and the man who was featured in that incident with David Frum. We had an interesting and in-depth conversation about We Are Change LA, and in the course of that conversation, I asked Stuart Howe about how this changing attack pattern on the We Are Change phenomenon could best be counteracted by We Are Change activists. Well, I think it applies to... The entire good-hearted population of the world, uh, outside of We Are Change as well, I think because of what they've come up with with uh, HR 1955 and S 1959, they're they're really making an orchestrated effort <clears throat> to demonize uh, the the truth movement and the you know the accountability, the honesty and accountability uh, movement in the world, and portray. Uh, people that are looking for the truth and accountability in opposition to potential tyranny and lies that we're seeing, uh, they're trying to portray such people as dangerous and extremists, when actually that's the opposite. But it's a good example of what they've done with everything. It's a newspeak thing where if you, you you form a piece of legislation that destroys the Bill of Rights and the Constitution and then call it the Patriot Act, or you... You call it the opposite of what it is. So, you know, they are trying to make us, they are trying to make the truth movement into uh, what Michelle Malkin called a, a virus, a truth virus. When, in fact, they're the, the virus of malignant tumor on humanity, and <clears throat> we're attempting to, in a, you know, peaceful, uh, good-hearted way, uh, you know, as Gandhi would. This is what We Are Change was founded on. Uh, Luke uh, gravitated to the ideas of Gandhi that, 
we should be the change we want to see in the world. And that's, you know, about peace and love and kindness and unselfishness. It's not about belligerence and violence and it's exactly the opposite of that. And that's probably why they're, you know, so scared and they're trying to preemptively color us as dangerous when nothing can be further from the truth. The only thing the truth is dangerous to is a lie, right? I mean, it's... uh, it's ludicrous. So I think what we're learning, and I think what we're starting to see uh, around the world, is that if you go into a situation with as much preemptive setup as you can, you know, setting a tone of, of uh, outreach to the community, talking to the police in the area, uh, which is what we're starting to do now. We've got outreach programs going on. If you you know lead in with a good-hearted, good-natured tone, uh, you know, let the police on site, let the bodyguards, whoever you're talking to, know that you're, you know, just nice folks trying to help your country and your community, uh, they're not as easy to, it's not as easy for them to set you up and spin things backwards. Also important to have video uh, documentation and have audio documentation, and because that's where, that's where Gary Callis, uh, you know, fell into a really dangerous area, is there wasn't good coverage uh, you know, with, with video, it just it didn't show that he was the one that was attacked and enabled them to spin it, which is why most of uh, of the movement now is seeing the importance of you know having a camera person, then having a camera person filming the camera person, so you don't have incidents like you you have all over the world uh, that they're spinning. Uh, the incident we saw with the Tibetan monks at the UN building in New York was horrifying. Absolutely true, and it does speak to the importance of getting that video coverage of all of these types of actions. Uh, Stuart Howe, can you tell us in your own words about what you think the We Are Change, the significance of the We Are Change phenomenon is, and where do you think the movement will go from here? Well, to me, what really brought me on board this type of thing, it was before it was We Are Change LA, was seeing videos of guys like Luke and other, you know, peaceful activists standing up, uh, standing on the side of the truth and what's right in a good-natured way and speaking truth to power, speaking, you know, speaking real truthful power to unfounded, unwarranted power. And that, to me, you know, watching Cynthia McKinney go at Rumsfeld in Congress about the child kidnapping and, uh, you know, and the, the continued contracts with Halliburton and the other companies, uh, and where was where was the missing two point one trillion? And seeing Luke with Zygmunt Brzezinski asking you know really really important questions, that really that got my juices flowing, and I think that has an effect. I mean that spreads out; it, it enters the the greater consciousness of the planet, and people are starting to say, "Hey, things don't add up to me either." Here are these people that are speaking out. They don't look crazy to me. They look concerned, and what they're saying adds up. Uh, and people, they start to realize, okay, even though we're not <clears throat> politicians and we're not highly placed uh, public figures, the analogy would be if you've got one guy standing in front of you who's a used car salesman, you've got another guy standing in front of you who's a Yale, let's say, graduate politician, if used car salesman is telling you 2 plus 2 equals 4, and the politician is telling you 2 plus 2 equals 5, the guy making the sense is probably the one you're going to start listening to, and that's kind of where we stand. And we're trying not to look like the used car chef. We're trying to be just uh, the citizens that we are. We come from all walks of life, and we're speaking what we believe to be the best representation of the truth that we can. And that strikes a chord in people, as it struck a chord in me when I heard you know, Luke and Cynthia McKinney and other people, uh, you know, speaking truth to power, being willing to address the 800-pound gorilla in the room, being able to stand up and say, hey, you know what, the emperor wears no clothes and the stakes are really high right now. You know, this is where Germany was in the early 30s. And, you know, we really need to to kind of honor uh, the, tr- the truth we, we really need to honor accountability and honor all those marvelous things that our country was founded on and with to a large extent and take our country back and turn, you know, make a U-turn from where things are headed uh, because even though there's 
you know they've got the they've got the military to a certain extent. They've got the infrastructure to a large extent. There's you know we've got them outnumbered <laughs> millions to one, and there's power in that on a lot of levels. And we're trying to rally that in a good-natured way, and uh, you know take back the the republic from the empire. It's a big task, but it really feels great, and I think a lot of people are coming around, coming on board, and We Are Change is, is a big part of that, and I'm proud to be associated with it, but there, you know, there's, a, there's an awakening and a call to you know, action, a call to peaceful, uh, lawful action on a lot of levels in a lot of places, and we're, we're just playing our part. As I say, it was a fascinating and in-depth conversation with Stuart Howe. And I recommend my listeners go to CorbettReport.com to check out the full interview with Mr. Howe. Also, We Are Change Los Angeles can be found at 911meetup.com, and the link to that meetup group is available from my homepage and also on the homepage of wearechange.org. Earlier this week, I had the opportunity of talking to Luis, who is involved with the flagship chapter of We Are Change, based in New York City. Luis has been involved with We Are Change for a couple of years now, attending the 9-11 vigils at Ground Zero, and he was also involved in the Ed Koch confrontation with Gary Tallis. Gary Tallis was, of course, the man featured in that New York Post smear article where he was accused of assaulting a woman in a wheelchair. In my interview with Luis of We Are Change New York, we talked about a number of topics, including his efforts to establish a We Are Change Latino to open up a Spanish front in the Info War. Also, of course, I asked him about Gary Tellis and what was happening with those legal proceedings. Um, well, as far as I know, it's, it's still in litigation. So, um, you know, it's like, it, you know, that, that really upsets me because um, I don't know Gary. Gary wouldn't have done this. Gary, you know, Gary, you know, Gary, Gary's not a violent person. He, he's not. He would, you know, the, he, I, when I, uh, we, I waited for him outside the courthouse um, the day after, well, not the day after, but uh, when he was getting arraigned. And uh, he came out and he, he, his face was marked up. He was definitely, he was definitely, he definitely got beaten up. Did he tell you about what happened in the in custody? Um, well, not not so much, not so much really. He was just basically saying, "Well, I didn't I didn't fight back," and uh, you know I could tell this because I looked at his fist, and when you when you're when you're in a fight, your your fists are scratched up. Your fists get scratched up. You you I mean, uh. In a fight, you know, because I, I trained in uh, I trained in martial arts. My my uh, the instructor would say, um, fighting is not about winning or losing; is who has the bigger medical bill in, in the end. <laughs> and uh, Gary had the bigger medical bill, and now he has uh, a big legal bill. So again, I'd encourage my listeners to to go and help the legal defense fund at wearechange.org. Luis, can you tell us a little bit in your own words, what does We Are Change mean to you? Why is it important as an organization? And where do you see it going in the future? Hmm. What We Are Change means to me, We Are Change means to me is a group of people that really care. Um, we care about each other deeply. We, we care about everyone else. Um, we're, we're trying to do the right thing. We're trying to show people that um, what's going on does not happen, have to happen. The government is not big enough, not so big that it's, it, we can't, we can't fight against it in, uh, you know, w with their uh, propaganda and basically letting people know we're not radicals because radicals don't want to follow the law. We want to follow the rule of law. Uh, you know, we want to, we want to play fair. Um, we definitely don't want people dying. Enough death already. There's been too much death. Uh, you know, 
3,000 people died and they still haven't gotten any, uh, any justice. And, you know, it's just, we, we're just all, we're truth, we're a truth organization. We want to expose the lie. Um, that's, that's pretty much it. And how about in the future? Where do you think We Are Change is going to go from here? Oh, um, well, the more, the worse it gets in this country, the more people are going to want to, want to seek the truth. And I'm pretty sure that, uh, it will grow, um, to the point that we, you know, to the, uh, point that, okay, they will have to start listening to us. But I'm, I'm really hoping it, I'm really hoping people will wake up for, it starts getting really bad here, but I'm pretty sure most people are very hard-headed, so it has to get bad in this country before they start taking us really seriously. Again, please go to CorbettReport.com for that full interview with Luis of We Are Change New York. I could sit here and try to pontificate about We Are Change, what makes it a unique organization or why it is so effective, but perhaps rather than coming from me, why don't I play a clip of the founder of We Are Change, Luke Rikowski. He appeared on the Kevin Barrett Show in December of 2007 to talk about We Are Change, its operational structure, and why it's been so successful. Let's listen to an excerpt from that interview with Kevin Barrett on the Dynamic Duo radio show with the founder of We Are Change, Luke Rikowski. So you got 30 chapters in a year. I guess, uh, you know, 2007 has kind of been the year of We Are Change then, hasn't it? It's been, it's been an amazing year, and we never expected to take off like we did. And it was really, it's, it's really amazing, and it's a beautiful time to be alive. And I'm, I'm ultimately just surprised how much it grew and how much of people we were able to inspire. And most importantly, what, what I think is a huge success is other people became their own leaders. And our organization, We Are Change, is a bottom-to-the-top organization where we don't have any leaders. We all look up to each other. We all make the decisions that we want, what we want to do, what we're going to do, uh, based on the people. And it's really a populist people movement, which is growing extremely, uh, tremendously well throughout this year. And it's just great seeing people, you know, not looking up to people, but looking in themselves and doing the right thing. Well, you know, I think that structure is part of the key to your success. You know, I, I tried to do the same thing with the Muslim Jewish Christian Alliance for 9-11 Truth rather than, you know, appointing people and having a top-down control. You know, we've just been saying anybody who wants to go out there and proselytize for 9-11 Truth in your local religious community, go for it. You know, here are the DVDs, here's, the, here's some ideas, and then take it up from there. And I think the Internet lends itself to that kind of bottom-up structure. It's part of a, a real revolution in, in communications and maybe even in consciousness. Oh, it really is, and it's, you know, again, it's an amazing time to be alive, seeing people who are just sick and fed up of the things that are going on and aren't, aren't listening, aren't looking up to anybody, but just finding, just empowering themselves to do the right thing. And uh, We Are Change became a bottom-top organization for uh, basically two reasons. One is because this is the only way we're going to be successful. We're not going to be successful if we have one leader. We're going to be successful if we're all leaders, if we're all going to be doing the right thing. And another reason is uh, the other organization that we uh, came out of, there was one leader who was in charge and uh, in control of everything, and at once he decided to take away everything for himself. And when he did that, he took away all the resources from the activists. And coming out of that, I decided just just to tell everybody, you know, there's no leaders in here. We are all leaders, and we will all make decisions, and we will all make the right decisions, and we will all do what's right. Yeah, that's. Uh, I think one of the problems with traditional activism has often been this, this reliance on leaders, and then you get the turf disputes between would-be leaders, and it can lead to bad energy, and, and people end up uh, doing things that can slow down activism. And uh, of course, there there could always be a downside, uh, according to the you know the people who support more uh, organized, top-down uh, kinds of structures. And I've run into some of these people here in Madison, Wisconsin, and they've given me a hard time. And what what I hear from those people is that, well, Kevin, if you let anybody just go out and start saying they're working for the Muslim Jewish Christian Alliance, you know, then some lunatic will do that and make you look bad, or maybe it'll be a false flag guy that they'll send in to make you look bad, and you you know you've given up control. So the uh, I mean, I, I think much, yeah, yeah, I'm benefits, sorry to benefits outweigh the, uh, the drawbacks, in my opinion. Do you see it that way? 
That's very much true, but in our organization, uh, we are changed. We have a mission statement and we have a code of conduct. If any organization or if anybody claiming he is a part of this organization breaks uh, anything that is a part of the mission statement or the code of conduct, they are no longer uh, classified to be of We Are Change. And our code of conduct is just basically, you know, tolerance, you know, uh, equality, respect, equality between everybody, and, of course, no hate speech, no crazy theories, and it, it just doing the right thing. And it, it definitely outweighs it because instead of just having one person in charge of everything, having everybody in charge, it's, it, it protects the organization and the movement from being co-opted. I'd like to remind my listeners that Luke Rudkowski is merely 21 years old, and he has already founded an organization that has spanned 30 chapters across oceans and continents around the world, inspiring people to take action into their own hands, become their own leaders, and set their own political agenda. This We Are Change phenomenon cannot be underestimated, or misunderestimated, as George Bush might put it. And it's important for you, my listeners out there, to realize that there is a war on for your mind, and you are a part of this battle, whether you're aware of it or not. You can choose to remain on the sidelines, or you can get in the thick of it with the rest of us, on the front lines of the info war, letting people know about this information. You are your own leader, and you have it within yourself to take action into your own hands. Do your own research, get informed, and get out there. That's it for today. Thank you for joining me. And join me again next week for another episode of The Corbett Report. Rival gangsters sit down to plan an after-school program. A religious fanatic posts footage of an interfaith service project. A group of teenage boys watches a video of a father playing catch with his son. An adult film star paints thumbnail portraits of elderly couples, fully clothed and smiling. A record executive records a demo of his apology. A policeman makes reverse 911 calls instructing residents to take to the streets. A patriarch reports for duty. She is wearing an orange jumpsuit and holding a picket sign. She's ashamed of her birthplace, but retreat is not an option. Women and children, front lines, log on, tune in, stand and be counted, wounded, stationed in the belly of the vulture. Watch your back, there's no civilians, women, children, front lines, listen. Consider this a distant early warning The fire's imminent pollution Gathering dust particles Funneling through smokestacks Airwaves, bandwidth, disinformation Too bad, check the labels Delete the virus, alert the masses Butterfly wing crosswinds Send black hawks toward hurricane survivors Roses sprout from empty lots And sidewalk cracks Pacifist gorillas move undetected through concrete jungles. New forms are beginning to take shape. Once occupied minds are activating. People are waking up. The insurgency is alive and well. Rise of the robots, portrait of the new American insurgent. Rattle and shake the foundations of the world order. Assembly line, consent, resist, refuse, inform, create, direct loved ones to the trenches. Suit up, forge, rubble into fortresses. Blast or drop, aluminum, broken porcelain, rusted platinum, burn blood stains from decompressed diamonds. Hammer the battle cry into braille studded armor. We are building up the new world. Do not sit idly by, do not remain neutral, do not rely on this broadcast alone, we are only as strong as our signal. There is a war going on for your mind, if you are thinking, you are winning, resistance is victory, defeat is impossible, your weapons are already in hand, reach within you and find the means by which to gain your freedom. Fight with tools. Your fate and that of everyone you know depends on it.
How are you tonight? I'm in the snow.